Good morning. morning. Let's open in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us together today that we may praise, worship, and learn about you and celebrate communion the way that your Son taught us to do. So, Lord, as we do this, we invite in the Holy Spirit, and we ask that our hearts be open and that we be able to understand all your words today. This we ask in Jesus' name, amen. So it's nice, it's nice to have our uh, visiting pastor, Joe, from Jerry's Bar and Grill. <laughs> um, now, he, I called him this week to, to talk, to, or actually, I think he called me, and then we got messed up on the phone, so I called him back. And he answers, Joe's Bar and Grill, Joe speaking. And uh, <laughs> so Joe said he was going to be uh, bringing us a message today. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's worship our Lord. Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, we're in a day where it's um, it's kind of sad news that we're hearing. And, you know, we've lost some loved ones this year. And. I, the, 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 the hope for today is home at last. Behold, I will make all things new. Heaven is a place that is so beautiful that when the Apostle John caught a glimpse of it, the only thing he wished to liken it to was the young woman on the crowning day of her wedding day. He said the holy city was like a beautiful bride dressed for her husband. Artists have tried to paint the pictures of heaven, but even the most impressive images will sh fall short of that reality. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, John could only hint of the splendor that we will someday see. It shone with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. Yet the Bible's emphasis is not on the heaven's beauty, but on heaven's joy. The Bible teaches that heaven will be a home that is happy because there will be nothing to hinder the happiness. And there shall, excuse me, there shall be no means entering anything that will defile it, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. And the hope for today, what currently hinders your happiness? What stands in the way of peace and contentment? You can be certain that whatever stands in your way will not be present in heaven. Amen.
glad we don't walk it by ourselves. Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and evermore. And if you would stand with me, we will recite the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
27 through 34. 24 through 37, sorry. Then he added, pay close attention to whatever you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Day and night while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally, the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle. 
for the harvest time has come. And Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It is like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterward, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. As evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus on the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High winds were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. If you take, we will have a responsive reading. Father God, creator of heaven and earth, you have made all the peoples of the earth for your pleasure. You have appointed the nations of the world for your glory. As people who have pledged allegiance to our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray today for the nation in which we dwell. Grant us that we be governed by good and wise leaders, that we would be governed in such a manner that we may live in peace. We pray that you help this nation strive for righteousness and justice, that your care for the widow, the orphan, the poor, and the alien would flow like a mighty stream through our nation. May we be a people of humility, generosity, and compassion we pray that we who are the followers of the prince of peace would seek to live in peace with one another we pray that hate and acrimony would give way to love and harmony we pray that the church of jesus christ in our land would be found faithful we ask all this in the name of your son our sword and savior jesus christ amen let us pray Heavenly Father, we know all belongs to you and all came from you. And we know that you have entrusted various amounts to each one of us. But you do call for us to give back. You call with a, for us to share, to share with others, to do as we have read and as we just spoke, to show our generosity, to share with all that are not as fortunate to have not possibly have not known you. Lord, we ask that the gifts we're about to, to give be used to further your kingdom and that some of these folks who do not yet know you will come to know you and those who have known you learn to know you even better. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning, good morning. Father, we thank you again for today. and Thank you for your word. Father, what I have to say is not important. It's what you have to say, Lord. You have said that your word will never, ever return to you void. So, Father, I ask that you would be pleased today to use this message as you have in my own life, in all of our lives. In Christ's name I pray, amen, amen, amen. I trust that uh, you received copies of the text, 2 Chronicles chapter 26. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole page that you have in front of you, but I am going to make references to it on occasion, hopefully. But I would like to read just a couple of paragraphs so you can understand. The whole theme for this morning is the fact that um, all of life, <laughs> all of life is an act of worship in an opportunity to serve and please God. Beginning at the top, then all the people of Judah called Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in place of his father, Amaziah. He was the one who rebuilt Elah and restored it to Judah after Amaziah rested with his ancestors. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. Wow. And he reigned in Jerusalem for 52 years. His mother's name was Jechaliah, and she was from Jerusalem. He had what was right in the eyes of the he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. He sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in reverence, in fear, I have here, but the word is really reverence should be understood, in uh, reverence of God. As long as, we, as long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Then if you'll just drop down to <clears throat> where it says verse 16. But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Azariah the priest was, and with 80 other courageous priests of the Lord followed him in. They confronted King Uzziah and said, it's not right for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is for the priests and the descendants of Aaron who have been consecrated to burn incense. Leave the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful and you will not be honored by the Lord God. Uzziah, who had a censer in his hand, ready to burn incense, became angry. And while he was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar, leprosy broke out on his forehead. My theme this morning is that all of life matters to God. Uh, there is no division of sacred 
and uh, secular. All of life is sacred. There was an article in the New York Times uh, entitled, How the Worm, R-O-M, Turns, How the Worm Turns. The article focused on a group of scientists who spend their entire lives studying, identifying, and tracking earthworms. Ladies, I know you would enjoy doing that. Dr. Sam James, uh, a man who studied worms, a researcher at the University of Kansas, has named 80 new earthworm species in the last 20 years. That's amazing. While on a trip to Brazil, he found a pinkish gray worm that, had, that he thought was extinct, and he was excited. A worm. <clears throat> As I read the article, I remembered that in the sixth grade, I wanted to grow up for a period of time. I wanted to grow, I, when I grew up, I wanted to be an entomologist, and giving my life to the study of insects. When I read about scientists who study worms, um, I thank God now that I get to be a pastor and don't spend my life studying earthworms. Although I have to say that uh, I enjoyed fishing. And um, what we did back in the Midwest, that we would water our lawns uh, one day, and then the next morning we would get up and collect earthworms for fishing. Not the tiny little ones, but the big ones. The bigger, the better. They went on the hook much easier. And um, I thought about that when I read this article. And, uh, but I thank God today that I am a pastor. And I don't have to spend my life studying earthworms, although I enjoyed it collecting them at the time. Uh, although I, I have to confess to you that I'm not a very good person to fish. Uh, I, I just don't have the patience. I don't know about you, but sitting in a boat for any length of period of time or at the end of a pole was not something that I had the patience to do. But I, I learned that um, this man that studied worms also studied God and uh, and learn that worship is life. Our life should be worship. Not what we call religious activity and secular activity, but every day, every single day, our life should be an expression of our worship to God. So as you go to work tomorrow morning, say, kiss your partner, Goodbye and say, I'm going off to worship today. The average uh, North American will spend about 88,000 hours or 40% of our time on earth working at a, a particular job. Um, but, you know, the good news today is that 
there's no such thing as religious work and secular work. Um, we made the split, God didn't. So our whole life matters to God. Life is charged with glory, purpose, goodness, and is designed to be a joy-filled offering to serve God and love our neighbor. And that's exactly what we find in the story of King Uzziah in this 26th chapter. The ancient story points us, if you read the whole text, to a good God who wants us to enjoy all of life. This was a, took place, the text you have in front of you, 790 years before the birth of Christ. Uzziah was a 16-year-old son of Amaziah and Jechaliah when he was crowned king of Judah. Now, I don't know about you, I know some 16-year-olds that I would not want to be my king. But um, everything I understand about Uzziah, he was a great king. And he ruled for, what I said, 50-some years. If you look at verses 4 and 5, it tells us that Uzziah was on the right side of righteousness. The text says, four and four, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. He sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the reverence of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Verse 16, if you travel down the page. After Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to his Lord and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense at the altar. Azariah, the priest, with 80 other courageous priests of the Lord, followed him in. They confronted King Uzziah and said, It's not right for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, who have been consecrated to burn incense. Leave the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful and you will not be honored. And Uzziah became angry while he was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar. Leprosy broke out on his forehead. There is no separation. All of life, my friend, is worship. There's no gap between the two. We spend so many hours of our life working. But here's the good news. And I think this, this really should help you. I know it will is that there is no division between the sacred and the secular. Everything, everything, everything that we do, whether it's working, eating, exercising, playing, whatever it might be, all of it 
is worship. And I think if you and I would get a hold of that this morning, just take that thought with us and realize whatever you're doing, that you are in the act of worship. God didn't invent the sacred and the secular. We did it. According to the Bible stories and the biblical account, everything, our whole life, matters to God. We are designed to be joy-filled offering to serve God and to love our neighbor. Find that in this passage and others that's about a good God who wants us to enjoy all of life. Look at verses 4 and 5 again, if you would. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Twice it mentions that he sought the Lord. This served as a framework. Seeking God served as a framework in every single thing he did. Remember tomorrow at your job that you're worshiping. Your life is sacred. Your life is a praise to God. I pray every day that when people see me, they see Jesus Christ living through me. Because many people like you've heard it said, for some people, you're the only chapter they'll ever read in the Bible is how you live before them. Twice in the text, it says that Uzziah sought the Lord. That served as a framework for everything he did. All of Uzziah's actions flowed out of a basic posture of seeking the Lord. Uzziah met with a, a spiritual mentor, Zechariah. Now, when I looked it up, there are over 30 Zechariahs in the Bible. So knowing exactly which one we have here, took a little research. But he was a spiritual mentor for Uzziah, the king. All of us need a Zechariah in our lives. I have them, I've had them. I had some who wanted to be, but I didn't collect with them, connect I should say, and they were not much help. But all of us need a, a Zechariah to encourage us. I'm wondering this morning, who is your Zechariah, who is the one that encourages you? I, you have people like I do. I enjoy being with them, and I hate to say goodbye to them because when I'm with them, there's something that seems to be contagious uh, about their life, and uh, it, it spills over. 
when I, I think about my life and I pray to God, ask him, make me that cup of cold water. I shared with you before that I worked for many years on the farm and we'd come up from the field and of course we were very hot and uh, we would go over to the pump and this was very, very cold water. And as a young man, I wanted to put my head under that faucet and cool off. But I was cautioned by the man I worked for not to do that. He said that would be too much of a shock to your body. He said, run it here, right on your wrist. And he said, it will cool off your whole body. And it did. some acquaintances that moved to Detroit. And I was pleasantly surprised that they went to the inner city to work. Many people were leaving Detroit and these people moved into Detroit. And investors began to invest in the inner city to make a change. And I thought about these people and they were doing this as a commitment to God. In Second Chronicles 26, 9 and 10, Isaiah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, and at the angle of the wall, and he fortified them. He also built towers in the desert and dug many cisterns because he had much livestock in the foothills and the plain. Does our life matter to God? It does. Our whole life matters to God. And as we come to the communion table this morning, we do so with the understanding that this represents what Christ did for us on the cross. So as we eat and drink together this morning, we do so in remembrance of what Christ has done for us. Father, I pray that you will prepare our hearts and our thoughts for this table, Lord, to realize that your son gave it all to us, that we might experience his forgiveness and the new life that he gives to us. Prepare our hearts, I pray, in Christ's name.
Amen. As we prepare our hearts this morning, make sure you check your, your life. Make sure you check and see if there's anything that you have against your brother or sister that you need to, to ask forgiveness for. And uh, take this time as we sing, let us break bread together. And go ahead and stand. from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. At the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me that we eat together, please. In the same way the cup also after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes let us drink together in remembrance of what he's done for us Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.
for the sacrifice and giving your son that we might together celebrate what he's done for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Jesus loves even me. Father, thank you for the message today. Thank you for the reminder that our life, not our days, not our mornings or evening, but our life should be a walk and a worship to you, Lord. That everything that we do, every act we take, every thought we have, you know. And you know when we are, you know when we're sleeping, you know when we're awake, <laughs> you know when we've been bad or good. <laughs> so, Lord, help us to be better each day. Help us to take your lessons and make them part of our life, just as a natural order of things. Not that we have to think about them, but that we have learned them and know what to do. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God be with you.